This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike. Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our hosts and our guests is one thing. It's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan. Let's get rolling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Get a Load of This. I am super excited to have Chris Jolly on. If you don't know, you're going to know very soon. And he seems like he's just blowing up feeds everywhere. I see him kind of every morning. I'll hop on LinkedIn or do some stuff and I'm getting flooded with stuff. Chris runs a podcast, Coffee with the Freight Coach, right? Yes, sir. Coffee with the Freight Coach. I yes. and Spotify. I love it. Yeah. And I actually, I, I follow it on Spotify. But what's cool about LinkedIn and the social media aspect, I actually get to see the video feed, which is always fun too, which if you guys are following on the video feed, you'll notice this big neon sign in the background uh, and it's badass and it's not a bar. He might have a bar, but it's not, not a bar, yet. but it's nah. basically just like <laughs> spotlighting a bunch of knowledge. So I am super stoked to have him with us. Uh, give it up for our special guest, Chris. Chris, let's tell the folks a little bit about what you do and your mission. Yeah, absolutely. Cameron, thank you so much for uh, having me come out here today. Honestly, man, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity to come out and speak to your audience and everything else. And my name is Chris Jolly, uh, aka The Freight Coach. Um, I chose The Freight Coach because when I went into business for myself, Cameron, I didn't want to call myself the CEO of a laptop. I, I, you know, I wanted, you know, like a background. I've been in the industry for 15 years. I started out loading trucks in college. I did that for probably four years. And then I got into brokerage and I was a broker for about a decade. And I just, man, I I just knew that when I went into business for myself, I, I needed to find a way to stand out because when you go to conferences, when you do any of that, any of that stuff, I'm a, one of 10,000 at those events. And I'm like, what can I do to stand out? And, you know, back to, I didn't want to call myself the CEO of a laptop. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be teaching people about freight. I'm going to be I'm more coaching them. And I'm like the freight coach. And that's just what I, by a stroke of dumb luck, that's how I landed on that name. And that's since what this has all evolved into. So I specialize in sales and operations training for freight brokers and trucking companies alike. And, you know, honestly, it's just teaching the realities of the industry, what they're going to be going out when they're building their book of business or building their, I'm not like a leadership coach. I'm not going to work with founders on how to, you know, if I'm going to scale from 50 trucks to hundred trucks, I, I don't have that experience, but my, my experience level lies in business development, it lead generation, uh, you know, and then execution on the operations side. That's where my specialty lies. And that's where I want to work with those frontline workers because a lot of them, Cameron, what they're missing out on is they're missing a process to follow. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, throwing darts against the wall and seeing what sticks and you need to refine your approach. And you, you know, cause it's like a lot of the trucking companies, I didn't really take this approach until I was brokering heavy haul freight. That's where I really learned the power of the niche open deck and heavy haul. If I ever, if I just broker freight tomorrow, man, it's the only stuff I'm going after because You know, the the carriers that I worked with were very refined. They knew exactly what they needed. They knew the lanes that they were going to run and they knew exactly where they were going to be at any given moment. And I'm like, this is the kind of people I need to work with. 
And, you know, early on in my career, I did food and beverage. So I did everything refrigerated, uh, everything, you know, going into the big retail, big box retail distribution centers. That's all I did. So it was always, we had to follow a process in that we had to do the same thing. Cause if you're going to move 35 loads from Charlotte, North Carolina to Chicago in a day, you can't be fighting against each other. You have to be working in unison. You have to have a certain way of doing it. So, you know, and, and it goes all the way back down to like the load logs of if, if you're a broker and you're talking to a driver, load logs needed to look uniform, everything did. And that's just the, what a lot of what I do now when I'm working directly with my clients is it's, it's a lot of let's, let's identify where the process needs to be implemented. And now let's tailor it to the individual. There's not a one size fits all for training, Cameron. Everybody retains information at their own pace. And, 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 and I need to find that. That's why you work with me. I need to find the way that works for your team. So leadership can focus on leadership. You know, you talk to a lot, you know, 95% of trucking is small business, you know, leadership sometimes is still running their own book of business, you know, and they want to train and grow, but they don't, they've never really had a quality resource. And I don't do this for every industry. I do this for freight because this is where my experience is. I know trucking. I don't know finance. I don't know anything else. I know trucking. I know how to execute in this industry. And that's why I stay in this industry. Yeah, no doubt. And I think uh, you hit on a couple of things as far as honestly, a lot, a lot of truck company owners or freight brokers, they're not business owners or they don't have that mindset of like the analytical side and developing these processes and SOS mm-hmm. and standards of procedures, making them much more efficient, which in turn deliver a much better experience and allow them to be profitable with less employees. And it's stuff as a business owner on the sales end myself that I got to do. But before we go way down a rabbit hole yeah. on that stuff, because if that didn't get people excited, I don't know what would, uh, there, there's probably a few things, but that was exciting to me. Um, I know that you have a background just from listening to you, your family is in trucking and transportation. Yes. Is that what led you to the transportation industry to begin with? Yeah. I mean, so I, like my great grandparents started a trucking company in Iowa back in the thirties. And that's how that, like, right like that's what got my dad involved in the industry. And my dad was an owner op for 35 years. And he, you know, we were, I'm from Northern Wisconsin originally. And he, he ran, you know, ironically, he ran the same pretty much region had the entirety of his career. He went from Minneapolis to the Bronx and that's all he did. You know, he loved running that. He did that every single week for pretty much the entirety of his career. And I got in, like, I initially wanted to be a driver, Cameron, but like my dad talked me out. He didn't want that for me because, you know, the life is, I, this is why I respect truck drivers so much because it's not an easy, it's not easy at all. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think every parent looks at their child and they're like, I don't do what I did, do more than what I did. And that Always. was his big thing. Um, and I knew that I wanted to work in truck. Like, I, I don't know that right. Away. I got led back into trucking. Cause like when I first went to college, I went to be a history teacher. Like I'm a big history buff. I re I love learning about history. Well, you know, what's written about history anyways. And I, but I lasted a semester. I'm like, this, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this at all. And I, so like, that's when I, you know, I went back home. I, I honestly, I worked for a couple of years. I didn't go back to school. I didn't take the traditional college route by any means. I worked and I got back into school. Um, and just honestly, I, 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 just wanted to go into business. I didn't know why, but something was calling me in there. I, t- I took the tech school route, man. Like I, I had to put myself through college and that was 
the only affordable route that I could take right away, even though I still took out student loans like an idiot, you know, because beer, <laughs> beer money is very appealing when you're 20 years old. Yep. And I, uh, yeah, so like I got back in, I went to school uh, full time and then I worked at night uh, loading trucks at a distribution center for a major uh, home manufacturer, not home manufacturer, excuse me, home improvement store in the Midwest. And I, I did that for like four years. And then when I moved out West, so like my older brother lived in Reno, Nevada, and I went out to visit one summer of college and I'm like, I got to move out here. This isn't cornfields of Wisconsin. I got, I got a new little change. <laughs> a little more exciting. Yeah. And like, I knew that I was like, all right, I want to get out there and I wanted to work in sales. I didn't know what in, in what industry I just knew I needed wanted to work in sales. And my brother-in-law's brother or excuse me, my brother's brother-in-law, excuse me, he had lived out in Reno for a long time and I had known him. So I'd reached out to him. I'm like, Hey, I kind of want to work in trucking and I, I'm going to be moving out there, you know, and I want to work in sales. And his college roommate was a branch manager for the first freight brokerage I got hired at. So that's kind of how I got started in, in the industry. And I started out in awesome. carrier sales. So Hey, I respect sales. I mean, I've been in sales since I was 20 years old. Um, I think it gets a bad rap, but because uh, I think a lot of people default to sales if they can't get a job or something elsewhere. It's like, what can I do? Yeah. Anybody will take you in sales, but to be good at what you do and like following and just, I don't know you at that level, but I know you're successful just based on, based on what I've seen and work ethic and branding is huge. You know, you got the freight coach brand um, that differentiates you. It stands you out uh, from the competition is like you talked about, how do I stand out from 10,000 of the same people that are all saying the same thing yeah. and Hey, I'm going to help you th do this, make you more money, save you money. It's all the same thing, right? Everyone thinks they're unique at a certain point. And some people are, if you work and educate yourself and you yeah. put in the work to differentiate yourself. Like I do higher education. I just received a star designation from great West casualty. So I own nice. and operate Valley trucking insurance as the listeners know, um, that's yeah. who drives this podcast, but it's a specialist in transportation and risk. So mm -hmm. I've done massive amounts of education, essentially like a college degree, if you will, but on trucking insurance, right. To yeah. separate myself, my team does it, my salespeople do it. Um, I mean, that's how we differentiate ourselves. We're better than the, the rest and we know more and we know what the day-to-day -day looks like. We understand what a trucker trailer is. You'd be amazed at some of the horror stories I hear of people yeah. like just that run into an insurance, but that's not what this is about. Cause that'll put everyone to sleep. But so I think now, where are you at now? Are you still in Reno or I, I no, think you're I'm in Arizona, right? Arizona. I moved down to Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in 2019. Awesome. Phoenix is cool. And I'll, uh, I won't be there in the summer, but I will come visit you in like the yes. winter months at some point. So that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm from Northwest, man. I don't, my blood's not, I know the, <laughs> the sun, sick. the sun scares you guys up in the Pacific Northwest. It, it does a little <laughs> bit. It does. So now one of the questions I love asking, and I, I guess mm -hmm. it's probably written on the wall behind you, but what would your, uh, um, tag name be? Well, it is the freight coach. <laughs> See, uh, there you go. Yeah. So it, love yeah, it. that, that was the, the thing that again, like it was just stroke of dumb luck that I, that that's what I, you know, I, I just didn't want to, I feel like so many people give themselves and like, I'm all about it. Like, Hey, if you want to be the CEO, you know, tell yourself <laughs> that you're a CEO. I get that. Make up a title. But I also think that now those things are earned. Like just because it's my company, it's my name. I I'm the one who gets sued. If something goes wrong, it doesn't mean I earned the right to call myself the CEO yet. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever call myself a CEO. I, I don't like titles about personally. They never really meant anything to me 
as a, as a sales rep or a carrier rep or anything like, yeah, it was cool to see, you know, senior carrier sales rep or, you know, senior customer service or senior customer sales rep. It looked cool on the title, but like, it didn't prove anything. It didn't mean I was good at my job, you know? Nope. There's very much so a mindset and you're obviously just, uh, I guess in a different realm, you are CEO of what you do. You own, you own your brand. You're a champion for sales. You're a champion for the trucking industry, which is the only reason I reached out to have you on here. Cause our whole purpose like yours is to just bring value, share real life experience, yeah. people that are actually making a change progression. You know, I know one of your recent episodes I listened to was uh, autonomous trucks, right? It's yeah. coming, but you also point out, which addresses, you know, people are just fearful of change anyway, that's natural, but the airline industry has been autonomous forever. Right. And it's one of the safest minus there's some blips in the news lately and some horrible things that, you know, have happened, but it's rare, right. It's super rare. And there's still pilots in the seats. You still need people in the truck. So I think that, you know, I caught, I caught some shit for that episode because yeah. And, and it was because you know, they're like, oh, you're trying to replace the driver. And I'm like, I, I mean, okay. A, I don't think I ever once said in that entire episode that we need to replace the driver. I think that people need to be more, it's not the autonomous truck itself that I'm a fan of per se. It's the technology that improves safety that I'm a fan of. And that's what people need to realize is machines make it safer where you're, you know, looking at your phone when you shouldn't be. And guess what? Somebody slams on their brakes. A family of four slams on their brakes in front of you. Um, the probability of having a safer truck is that it will automatically engage those brakes. Yes, I know that some of them go too hard or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is this technology will eventually save lives. Hell, might be your family of four in that vehicle. Yeah, and you're yeah. going to want that stuff. So again, for me, it's, I don't want to replace drivers. You're never going to replace a truck driver. In my opinion, it doesn't matter if it's an autonomous electric, whatever you want to call it. It's never going to replace the American truck driver no. because just like the pilots, there's going to be a role for you. It might not be the traditional sense of when you're cruising down the freeway, maybe, you know what, you're more focused on how the truck's operating, identifying potential problems with the engine. Your responsibilities will look a little bit different. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's going to happen whether we, we want it to or not, it's going to happen. But how can we look at the autonomous truck and say what technology could be implemented to the traditional driver to improve their safety? You know, I, you're in insurance. How many of your cl- clients out there or how many of the people listening to this podcast are sick and tired of their uh, premiums being raised up. Or <laughs> oh, wow, that's, those... why, that's why they come to us. But no, yeah. that's a huge expense. That's a huge item on the expense line. And so when we focus, uh, like you, you know, you're trying to bring value in different ways. And like when we talk, um, you get it every now and then. But like, if you called me and said, Cam, I've got three trucks. Here's the drivers. Here's my like data sheet or Excel yeah. list of all these things I want to quote. I'm not going to give you a quote. I would actually tell you no, um, because what good is that doing? I don't know anything about you. I don't know what your goals are. I don't know where you're heading. I don't know what your plan is for the future. Are you trying to grow this from, like you said, you know, five to 50 trucks? Do you want to stay three? Do you want to just be an owner operator? You know, I need to know what you do so I can actually advise you and plus hook you into the different systems that we've got. We partner with, you know, FMCSA for DOT. Like there's a bunch of things that we do outside of insurance that is appealing, right? That's why people work with us. But I can't do that on here, you know, give you a quote in 15 minutes, give me your truck. I'm going to spit out a number that does nobody any good. And then they bitch when they have an accident, the rate goes up, but we're working on a 
quarterly basis with deep dive tools that technology actually enables us to do where I can drill down on, hey, you got problems in these states and these regions, you're actually hitting bottlenecks here, but your out of service is skyrocketing with these four trucks or these drivers in this region, what is going on? Or those drivers need to be worked with, right? We need to train them because they're causing a significant impact to your safety score, right? And like brokers look at that stuff, right? You know, Mm -hmm. um, they're going to look at the safety score. They're going to look at what your, I guess, your like perception of the world is as far as, you know, insurance goes, freight brokers go. I know that cargo limits play a factor. You you mentioned heavy haul. If you have $100,000 in coverage, you're not going to get preferred or priority on any load because they know on average, like if, if you had to pick this load up, they're not going to be able to get the cargo coverage quick enough. But like my clients said, do it. We're making sure we're well above. And it's like, Hey, you got 250 or half a million or whatever with a rider that'll extend us up to 750, depending on what they're hauling. I mean, obviously it's based on the situation, but you know, that's where we fall, but um, let's dive into what you do and bring value to, because I want to feature in a spot like you. I think that what you provide to the industry, to the trucking and the freight brokers and everything is phenomenal. I think the amount of content you put out just organically, super valuable. People just consumed it and implemented and took action and they can really learn a lot just by that, but then actually engaging with you and what you provide. So let's uh, start with somebody wants to connect, you know, what does that look like? What's the process you take? And then let's walk through a little bit of that. Yeah. I think a lot of when I, when I'm working, I, same with you, Cam, I, I vet even my own prospects because I want to ensure that they actually want to change. I want to ensure that, cause like, again, if I'm going to come in there as an outsider, I need your buy-in, you know, because your team, they're like, there's it, it, change always brings pushback. It's inevitable but I need their support. I need to ensure that they're fully on board with the direction that we're going to take because, and, and, and I tell everybody like, this is why I don't work off of contracts because my style isn't for everybody because I'm not there to be your team's best friend. I'm there to improve your organization. I'm there to take you to the levels that you told me in the prospecting call that you wanted to go from 20 million to 50 million. Well, what you're doing, what got you to 20 isn't going to get you 50. You know, so it's like for me, I need that buy-in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find out like what are they really looking for, and then it's like what can we automate from a technology standpoint? Because a lot of people's answers are I need to hire more sales reps. Not necessarily. We need to look at your process first. Again, this is why I'm so big on processes because if we're wasting twenty to thirty percent of our day by doing monotonous tasks that tasks, excuse me, that can be automated, we need to look into that. As a broker, ninety percent of my job should be automated. The only thing I should be doing is having conversations with my shippers and my carriers to improve relationships with them, because this will always be a people business. That's why I love this industry so much. It's salt of the earth, man. It's just like parent, like my relatives, they work their ass off. They want to provide for their families. I want to bring you the best tools. And that's what came out there, not only from my, my coaching and consulting, But with my content, I want a platform that people can come to and actually receive education that they can implement today and see a difference in their business and not think that somebody's trying to sell them something or take advantage of them. And I want to have that resource where people can actually, you know, and then for the driver community, the driver community that's out there that feels unheard, you know, that are afraid to speak up out of fear of retribution from some of these large enterprise brokers and carrier or uh, and shippers alike. 
I want them to have a safe space where they can come in and they know that I'm not just going to be that dickhead broker that runs them through the gauntlet that they normally went with. Because admittedly, Cam, I talk about this on my content. I was that shithead broker for the early part of my career. I tried all that bullshit, but it didn't work out. I had those moments that changed the trajectory of my career where I had to change pace. Otherwise, I wouldn't make it as a freight broker anymore. And when I stopped being sales, Chris, or when I stopped being that that shyster broker that all of your driver (laughs) clients hate. It's amazing how much my book of business improved. My customer relationships improved and and my carrier relationships improved because I took an approach of this. What do you need to run this this lane profitably? Is that going to align with my customer? What freight do you like to haul? What region do you want to stay in? What days of the week are you available? What's your business goals? How can I take you from four trucks to eight trucks? Because if I work with the company long enough and they start to expand their fleet, guess what? I get first crack at all of those trucks. Guess who doesn't? My fucking competition. And that's the way that you need to look at this. It's always easier said than done. I'm not going to sit up here on, you know, some you know, golden platter and be like, oh, this is follow this. It's, this is the best way. It takes a lot of work to get there because you're going to be intoxicated by fluctuating freight markets and making a little bit extra money. But now as a business owner, I need to focus on how do I make money for the next 12 months, not the next 12 minutes. And when you're a sales rep, that's generally all you're focused on. That's why you're not making the changes to build sustainable partnerships with your carriers is because you think that, fuck it, I'm going to roll the dice. In a couple of weeks, I might get a cheaper rate. I make a little bit more money. I get it. I love making money. I'm a capitalist at heart, but I believe in responsible capitalism because as a broker, I am nothing without that truck. I am nothing. My technology that I like, which is great, I'm a massive fan of, my technology means shit if my drivers don't show up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love kind of how you pointed in that direction and something that the people don't even realize is in from an insurance standpoint, because that's where my expertise lies. But when we look at accounts that jump significantly from one truck to five, five to 12, 10 to 20, do they have the, even the capacity to take on those trucks and do they have sustainable work for it? I also yeah. think in this uh, market, you know, people are jumping in the spot market or doing all those different things because there's quick gains and like short term. I think the value is in building that relationship with the people you want to work with long term right now, because the lanes are open for people to do that with so much turmoil and wishy washiness and people are just kind of running to the money. Now's the time to anchor in, hunker down, build that relationship with broker, whatever companies you want to work with long term. I think it'll pay dividends for years and years and years to come like you're talking about. It's not an immediate return, right? That's for a truck, <laughs> truck driving or truck company. But yeah, but the, the long standing truck trucking operations that are out there know this and that's what they do every single day. Yeah. You know, like you, you like, and that's the thing is it's like, if you look at some of these mega carriers, if you go back to the very, very beginning, guess what they did one thing very well. And then they applied that to a second thing and then a third thing. And that's where they evolved out into. And not everybody out there wants to like, I know a lot of drivers, like they just want to drive for themselves. That was my dad. You know, my dad had at one point he got up to like six trucks, but he had One get totaled out and one get abandoned within like a 30 or 45 day time period. So he said, fuck it. He sold everything. He's like, it's easier just to run for myself. Yep. It's six headaches if you're not prepared, right? It really is. And they don't care. Employee, I, I take that back. 
there yeah. are people that care and there are people that care as much as you care and as much as you invest into your culture and your processes and your standards. And like, they see the owners, right? If you're just a truck driver that wants to expand out of sheer greed and just make more money off other people's truck, then yeah, you're not going to run a great business, right? You're not going to be profitable. Your DOT, you're out of service going to go through. There's a bunch of things that snowball downhill for yeah. you. Um, insurance costs being one, because you'll go from 10, 15,000 as a truck. And then next thing you know, you're paying 25, 30,000 per truck, all because of a year span and like, you know, a series of sequence of four or five bad interactions, you, you, yeah. you know, and that's the call I get. And if they're not willing, I love how you point this out. If they're not willing to help themselves or do the work, like I do a co- coaching call, quarterly meetings, like provide reports. And it's like, we point out all the obvious things to work on. They may not be so to some, but if, and, and we try to help them as best we can, but if they don't actually put the work in and hold people accountable, it doesn't matter what we're saying. It's not going to help them. Right. They're, they they yeah. can't just wish it. So, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and that's what I, I, again, like that's one of the, the main driving forces behind a lot of the content that I put out there is I want to put best practices out there for people to follow because this, this industry literally is everything to me like absolutely everything since the first breath I took, I've been around trucking and I know what people go through. I know that this industry is littered with hardworking men and women who are just trying to live the American dream. And that's all they're, they want to do. They want to work hard and they want to provide for their families. So instead of, you know, the internet is the greatest gift, but it's the biggest fucking curse out there, <laughs> you know, as you know, because like, dude, you probably see this in your space too with insurance agents. I'm sure there's a bunch of insurance agents who get a bad rap out there, who take advantage of people. They inflate their premiums and everything else to make a quick buck off of it. And yeah. it sets people up for failure, yeah. but that's not everybody. And again, I, I only, it's just like, dude, I could go, I, my, my following could probably 10 X if I would talk about why drivers suck or why brokers suck and everything else, I could probably dominate it even more, but that doesn't benefit anybody. No. What benefits well, people is teaching best practices at the desk level, talking to drivers and letting them know, Hey, if brokers aren't providing X, Y, or Z, they don't have the actual freight. This is why, because I dude, I've, again, I've worked with some of the largest shippers in North America. Never was I ever not provided with a PO number. All right. Never did I not know if that shipper paid detention or not. Granted, there are shippers out there that don't pay detention. That is a real thing. But I never, I, if the ones that did know, I knew what the rate was. All right. I knew truck order not use. I knew all of that stuff. And if your broker partners out there can't answer basic level questions, they don't have the freighter. That's not, not somebody who I'd want to work with. Yeah. I think there's training too on the drivers as well, right? When they receive or go to pick up a load and review the bill of lading. And if something doesn't look right, or if the, you know, from my standpoint, mine's more legal and it's boring from the aspect of trying to protect the company and protect their assets and make sure they don't lose their ass in a claim or a lawsuit or something, but simple things of like, okay, the standard is a hundred thousand on cargo. Like that shit was like 50 years ago. I'm telling you, it hasn't changed, but what is the cost of goods done? It's gone up. Reasonably, you're going to think, okay, mixed load, you know, drive freight. Could it be worth over a hundred? Easily. Absolutely. Easily. It could be 250,000 and they get that bill of lading and they see on there 250,000. What the truck company doesn't realize is once they accept that, once they take that load, they're on the hook for 250,000 insurance will pay a hundred, but guess who's coming after the rest of that? Yeah. Right. And guess who has to pay it? Now you maybe you got assets. You can liquidate a truck in today's market. Okay. I'll pay it. Now you're down a truck. I mean, there's a bunch. So anyways, 
No, I'm no. right there with you, man. Cause I think like yeah. that, and that's one thing that's a big misconception that's out there is they think that say the freight is $250,000. And if the broker has a hundred and they have a hundred, they think that there's 200 covered. No, no, no. Mm. It's, it's the actual person who's hauling the freight that's liable for, for the load as a broker. It's not required by law to have cargo insurance, but if you're a broker listening to this, get cargo insurance because no real shipper will work with you without it. Um, but again, it's like, dude, like I, and I learned that in the heavy haul space, yep. you know, because it's like, dude, I had, I mean, it, we were at $250,000 in cargo coverage as a broker at that time, but we're like, no, 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 this isn't going to cut it because we want to really expand out. So we carried half a million with a, what did you call it earlier? Was it a multiplier up to a million? So you can get like an aggregate or like aggregate, an exception yeah. based on, so like for my companies, if I'm working with a, a trucking company X and they're working with you, for example, yeah. hey, we've got this contract that calls and hauls for 650 or 750,000 in value based on this many trips per average. And we know we're going to do this this many times this year. We'll have that rider in there built in. It's already paid for. So anytime yeah. they haul for them, it's automatically extending the limit to cover that, you know, and there you can get to this, what the truck companies don't realize what you're talking about is contingent cargo. Yes. The broker's yes. contingent cargo does not cover primary in any cargo claim of that load is released to the truck company. They are now fully responsible per yes. the contract that they sign. I'm not an attorney, have legal look at it, but what you can do as a truck company and a driver just needs to be educated on this. Hey, this bill of lighting says, you know, 300,000, we have a hundred. We need to get a release of that additional 200,000 back to the broker or the shipper, whoever is like in control yeah. of this and say, okay, you're not responsible for this 200. We just want you to cover a hundred. Great. We're good to go off and running. They just don't realize people just don't understand. So it's been, but, the same I, but again, so like long. that, but that's what's powerful about what you're doing though, Cam, is you're putting that information out there for people to, to actually learn from. Because I think for the longest time, this industry has been so siloed, you know, it's, it's been so siloed where I think now, like that's the beauty of these last couple of years is the amount of shippers that I have grown friendships with. They're like, I didn't know 90% of what you talk about. You know, and bringing that education to it. I think that's what's lacking out there more than anything is it's like, why do you need cargo insurance as a carrier? You know, like why, why, like why do you need um, liability? Like, I think breaking all of that down and explaining the why behind it and what it actually covers and what it doesn't, I think is one of the greatest misses out there by people who are trying to sell their services. Yep. Explain the why. It's not, what can I get off of this on commission? It's like, no, 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 uh, business owner, truck, tr trucking company. If you don't have this, like you said, you're going to have to sell a truck yeah. to cover that. Like nobody is liable for that, but you and explaining that down and breaking that down. That's what's needed, man. Because again, like I had mentioned, dude, I just want to protect the American dream. Like I'm living the American dream. You are as well, man. You're a business owner. You're out there doing your thing. I want to help other business owners with practical information that who am I to hold back from people? Like I sat in that seat for 10 years. It's my duty to give that information out there for people. Yeah. And therein lies the uh, the birth of the freight coach, the yeah. phoenix. The phoenix rises out of the ashes. But it's true though, and that's why I started. This is a passion project, right? Yeah. I don't get paid. I don't. I don't have sponsorship. Not that like it wouldn't help for some of the stuff for marketing stuff. But like I solely do it, and I don't intentionally talk insurance like this. To be honest with you, it's probably the most we've even broached oh, really? insurance as a topic. <laughs> because think of it like this. There's a progressive commercial on right now where the sister of Flo or whatever says, hey, come over and talk to my kid about insurance to put him to sleep. She shuts the door as soon as the kid's yeah. asleep. People don't want to listen to it. It's boring to them. But it's my job as a professional. And you kind of pointed it out a little bit as like, 
you could get a bad rap and salespeople do get a bad rap and insurance does unfortunately have a little bit of a negative association with it based on bad performance, lack of education, lack of resources. The, the ability for a truck company to go buy their own insurance online is great. Hey, I'm all about ease of use and stuff like that, but you have no clue what you're buying. You yeah. only find out when you have a claim. When you have yeah. the claim, the insurance company is not on your side half the time and they aren't there to represent you. They're there to represent the contract and determine what it actually says. And if you don't understand that, you're fucked, right? And, and you, you, but, all of a sudden you got 50, 60 at the best case scenario out of pocket, but then you get accidents that are like super tragic that obviously we all see in yeah. the news where it's Absolutely. like XYZ company owes $25 million, right? Mm-hmm great. You can't bankrupt out all of it. You lose everything, like legit everything like that. And not that we could protect from that, like, you know, but there are best practices that can though, right? When we work with probably like you for the processes and procedures, I find out what's your hiring process. Okay. Do you do a drive test? Okay. What do you do for driver file maintenance? How do you discipline and and reprimand people when there is an occurrence? What do you actually do? Because if it's not written and documented, that shit didn't happen. Attorney can eat that up. There's all these things that we come to the table with outside of that. And I I find that there's obviously going to be similarities to what you do. And I think that's why obviously I was attracted to listening to your, your content and um, respect you. Cause you know, I feel like we're cut from a similar cloth as far as what we represent passionate about the trucking industry. We rose to a level that is above like, you know, trying to just sell you to get a commission. I don't, I'll tell, I'll straight up tell a client, like, I'm fortunate I can choose to work with you. I legit can. You almost have to sell me why you should work with us. And are you going to actually be a good client and good fit and adopt what we're trying to do here, which is ultimately make them better, safer, more profitable, the less downtime. If you're not in a wreck or you don't have accidents and all this kind of stuff, you're on the road more. You're able to make more money. Ultimately, that's the end goal, right? Deliver something point A to point B in the time that you designate as quick as possible and safely. That's the goal. I think, dude, it's, it's funny you bring that up. I, so like when I first started like trying to solicit business and everything else on my own and trying to build this up, you know, it was, you know, it was an absolute eye opener to how hard it really is to build a business. And I, you know, like I knew it was going to be challenging, but I think it was more mentally taxing than anything. And, but what came of it though, is like what you brought up about, you know, the clients and everything else that you've worked with. Like I've been, I, I like a couple of people, I, you know, after meeting with them and doing a prospecting call, I'm like, Hey, I don't think I'm the guy for you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that what I do is going to be of any value to what you're looking for just based off of that. And then I get more satisfaction. Like this sounds fucking counterintuitive. I get more satisfaction when they reach back out a couple months later, like, Hey, thank you for being ethical. And like, thank you for actually saying that you weren't for us and not just trying to bill us out for a couple grand, you know? And like, I I just, dude, I'm just such a firm believer that like karma's real, you know? And if you're out there looking to fuck people over, it's going to come back and it's going to hurt you real bad. But I think like, if you're going out there and you're building your business, whether it's a trucking company, a freight brokerage, whatever it is, and you do the right thing, the right thing is hard. All right. The doing the right thing is very hard, but in the end, it's going to pay off, you know? And then, you know, talking about like what you're doing right now with your podcast, like, dude, I'm so fortunate to have advertisers. I'm so fortunate to have companies that literally are aligned with what I'm trying to do from an education standpoint that they'll back me financially every single month. I will never forget these individuals who believed in me before anybody else did. And 
you know, and it's like, and when you're first starting out and dude, you can resonate that with that as well. Like I'm just coming up on year two in business for myself. And the fact that I'm here is fucking wild. And for you, those of you who are watching it, like when I first started, I was recording content on an old laptop in my bedroom through my webcam and through just consistency, discipline and consistency. I've been able to get like a studio. I rent a place now. I built it out. Yeah. What you guys see now looks vastly different, but two years ago, man, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. All I knew is that I needed to hit record every single day and put stuff out there every single day. And I'm just extremely grateful for what I have. And I'm more grateful for what I've learned about myself and the fact that I know I haven't even scratched the surface of my potential on what I can accomplish. Yeah, that's so exciting. I feel the same, man. I get excited every time I do these interviews and talk to people and learn about people's journeys and like just the passion that we all share. That is, I I guarantee though, you go back through all your content, what hasn't changed is uh, the mission, right? Yeah. Your mission is the same. You just get, you got a little fancy, you got kind of bougie yeah, with the sign. That's a cooler shit, but, <laughs> cooler shit, but um, nothing changed though. And I, I commend you for that. And I think um, it's showing up. You're right. It's showing up every single day. It's easy to say, it's easy to put on paper. It's easy to like, think about doing it. It's a whole different ball game. Right. And so uh, I commend you for that. Cause yeah, we've done, we're coming up uh, a year will be like summertime. Um, for us. And we had no idea this evolved from legit kind of like maybe something like you did. Hey, we just need to put out something weekly to talk about. Right. Yeah. Initially it it was like, okay, let's talk about insurance, but it's like, that's, it's too granular. We talk about insurance. Like if you find us and you're working with us and we get so many referrals, like thank everybody for the referrals and my existing clients, like obviously none of this is possible without them. Like I have such a good support system with my wife who is involved in my business as well. Like I couldn't do it without her and helping with the kiddos. And like, I want to be that example for my kids. Right. Like I have a why and a core being of why I do everything, but this was born out of why and how can I help the trucking industry progress and evolve and get more appealing to the younger generation. All you hear about is the median age of drivers right now being 50 something. It's the same in my industry. How do you get that down? So we work or we like interview organizations that, you know, next generation and trucking association, right? Like, yeah, they're badass. I love them. Like getting people like that and exposing their mission and what they're doing is going to progress everything. Uh, you're right. Autonomous trucking gets a bad rap because you think autonomous, Hey, I'm replacing my job. The technology is not going to replace you. It'll enhance you if used correctly. And if you guys, it'll make you safer. There's a bunch of things you talk about tech in your business. My guess is, is you're connecting with like Zapier and some automations and like making people's monotonous jobs, maybe easier. And I think Dude, I, and I still prospect. I love it, right? At heart, yeah. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a salesperson, but not in a bad way. Like, I just want to help people. I feel that yeah. passionate. I'll call people and you'd be amazed how many times the owner answers the phone. It's like, don't you have something better to do? Shouldn't you be running your company? Shouldn't you be doing something with that? And it's like, so I interview people like Ruby, who's a receptionist service, US-based, and like they're an extension of your brand. They will legit just answer your phone for you, take a message, be an extension or advocate for you, transfer of need or take a message. Like people should be putting a value on their time, doing things that are more impactful for their mission, what they actually want to do, in my opinion. But No, I I agree, man. I I think that like, that's what, I think that's what just keeps me going every single day with this industry is the fact that, you know, yeah, you can talk to the owners of some very successful companies and they're like, they're the ones answering the phone and 
Dude, I, I, I'm just, you know, with everything that, that is evolving in this industry and, you know, the, you know, I go back and forth on if is there a driver shortage? I don't think that there is. I think we need to do a better job of like you're talking about recruiting people into this industry because no one's going to come to this industry and save us, but us. If you yeah. want to see trucking change, you have to change yeah. yourself be, first. Be the change. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, like nobody's coming. Like nobody's coming to fix this, but us, <laughs> you know, vote, I think they're not going to vote change in. I mean, you can, oh, get, hell help no, dude. You can get help, but they're not going to change the day to day. Right. But Hey, when <laughs> we had a driver shortage in pony express, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? There's a yeah. rider shortage. There's always a shortage and mm-hmm. it's just never going to end. It's never, but I really don't think there is a shortage. I think there's efficiencies. I think there's storage problems. I think there's, um, port issues for efficiencies of moving the freight at the port out and putting them in locations. And, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of things that in the, yeah. in the supply chain that can be improved, obviously that creates a shortage because I think some things don't work as efficient as they should. I don't have the answers, but people got to start thinking about it. Right. So yeah, I, I won't put on my tinfoil hat for you. <laughs> no, it's not. There. I don't want to, I, I don't want to steer us that way, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, man. What's something cool and exciting in your world coming up? What's something that you like want to share for the people to know about, man? Well, for starters, I just, you know, I've been fortunate to be able to uh, start a second company as well, brokercarrier.com. And that is, uh, we've streamlined the onboard carrier onboarding process. So any broker that's out there that's onboarding carriers, our product, literally, you can have your carriers onboarded in five minutes or less. And okay. we have some security measures in place to where they can't just upload any document. They actually have to upload their W-9 authority and their insurance with you listed as a certificate holder. Because as you know, Cam, the only thing that can't be challenged in court is if you have fucking insurance or not. Um, <laughs> everything else can be challenged with the right attorney, but yes. your coverages are what they are. And we wanted to have a tool out there because again, if there's any changes to the policy, I want the broker to be notified of that, not of monitoring service who then might get to you. I, because like, again, I, I, I'm not here to accuse anybody of anything, but if my load picks up in an hour and I book a carrier, I need to ensure that that carrier's insurance is valid now and not going to lapse or anything like that. And if there is any changes, I directly need to be notified of that. Um, so we've, we've done that. And we've also, you know, the most exciting tool that I'm the most excited about is that carrier reutilization. Uh, so we have a load notification tool in there, Cam, where any, like if you're a broker out there and you're booking, you know, say Seattle to LA, now we have a way for you to track the carriers in one single singular portal to where you can one click notify everybody who's done a load for you. And it goes a step further. It's if a carrier is set up with matching equipment type within 50 miles of the shipper or the receiver, it notifies them as well. Because as a broker, you should be using the same trucking companies. You should not be sourcing spot market carriers every single day. This helps you build up your book of business. And that has a direct correlation to your customer and you growing with your customer. Um, And then on top of that, man, do just more and more content. Um, You're going to be seeing more and more of a presence of my media stuff, because there's going to be, there's just a lot of fun stuff that I'm going to be releasing here. I'm I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of details on. We got to just give little teasers, give it, give it to them. And then if you thought you saw a lot of me before you haven't seen anything yet, (laughs) that's all I'll say. (laughs) And I love it. And I, yeah, I think you had put out a while back kind of a commitment. I think it was like a declaration to yourself of like, Hey, I'm going to amp up my game. Right. I feel yeah. like I recall seeing that. And then uh, you've held true to it. Cause 
Uh, I'm telling you, like my feed gets blown up on this stuff. So, and I think that's cool on the technology stuff. I feel like we can spend a, spend an entire segment on like yeah. the adoption, utilization, the value and the benefits. And like that program seems awesome. So I'd love to uh, um, definitely partner a little bit on that. And like, Absolutely. for me, you know, when I get guests on, especially like when I find value in something that somebody does, um, I want the exposure to my people too, like my clients as well. Like, Hey, you know, let's, let's kind of incorporate and fold in if there's a need. Um, I don't, I don't puke it all over people, but it's there as like, Hey, here's, here's some valuable partnerships that we endorse, you know, talk to these people if you have these needs. And I think that that's awesome. So absolutely, man. Cool, man. Well, that's sweet. Um, anything else you want to share? I just, you know, just keep making things happen in, in your business. I, I just feel like we're, we literally have the greatest industry on earth. We are the American economy yes. at the end of the day. Amen. We are, we are the backbone of the American economy. Um, without us, like if trucks stop moving, we have a lot bigger fucking problems to worry about at that point. And I just want to see the, the, um, the hardworking men and women of this industry get the respect that they deserve. Yeah. I think it, uh, started to shine some light on it with COVID. I feel like they started to, and like you, I, you know, my, I grew up with a family and they, my aunt and uncle uh, specifically did like team driving from, you know, where I'm at, which is Spokane, Washington to like Florida, but then pretty much on the downtime, the trucks in the shop and we're in the shop and like tinkering, working, and that's the environment that, and when you mention it's, a hard job. I do want to thank the truck drivers and the people that sacrifice because it's a lifestyle, right? It truly is like you love it. It's in your blood and you sacrifice so much to basically make America move. And like, we couldn't do this without a truck, (laughs) you know, everything we've got. So I I think that that's amazing. If, if you had a, either a statement or some inspiration or a quote that you kind of reference and you, you had a billboard that we can just post it to everybody, uh, what would that say? What would you want to get out to the world? Oh, man, that's tough. There's a, there's a lot, but I think that the most meaningful thing that I've learned over these last couple of years, again, was the self-reflection and, and the sense that I was the only one stopping me from achieving my goals and going after and doing what I wanted to do with my life. Nobody cared enough about me to like make an effort to stop you. So if you want to make that change in your life, just fucking go for it. Like literally you will never be judged by somebody doing more than you. The loudest people judging you for what you want to do are fucking doing less. And that's it. Like I, that wasn't really like a tagline, but like, that's just my general sentiment about stuff. I think that's uh, I think that's money, man. Cause it's so true. It, it is uh, so mm-hmm. true. How do people find you? Uh, you can email me direct Chris at the freight Or if you're on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, what's the other one? Instagram, just search for the freight coach on there and you'll find me DM me on there. I do my absolute best to get back to as many people as possible in a timely manner. I'll get back to you. Um, unless you're a Forex trader and you're fucking spamming, like I'm not going to reply to that. <laughs> I know some of these tools for uh, like LinkedIn marketing and stuff. It's like, yeah. it's like, bro, did you even do some research or come on? Like, did you even like look at what I do? My favorite <laughs> on, one, Cam, <laughs> dude, my favorite one is my legal business entity is C Jolly Freight Consulting. Okay. Um, somebody asked me, are you happy at C Jolly Freight Consulting or have you considered a career change? I'm like, you fucking see my name. I am the name. <laughs> And no, I'm not happy. So yeah, yeah I'm not happy. No. It's your fucking message. <laughs> now I'm pissed. Yeah, I get that too. I get recruiters all the time. It's like, hey, do you want to come sell insurance? Or hey, do you want to 
it's like, here's a $60,000 a year job, you know, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> like, you know, do, do some research, man. Chris, thank you so much, man. I'm so grateful that you came on. I love the journey you're on. I love everything that you're doing. I support you, um, follow you. And yeah, hopefully uh, this will get out to a little bit broader audience. And uh, yeah, I'd love to collaborate, especially at some conference or, or whatever, man. Yeah. And likewise, when I get to Phoenix, which I will, because I want to escape some uh, snow and maybe come golf or do something, I'll come look yeah. you up. So Absolutely. I appreciate it, Cam. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. All right, y'all. That concludes this episode. Remember, we got a Facebook group. Follow us on LinkedIn. You can find this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. I don't know. All of them. Follow us. Peace.